And welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gantz. And tonight we're going to be talking about street evangelism with David Hunter. Uh, and excited about the program here tonight. Uh, again, this is episode number 588. We want to welcome you to the program. Uh, if you have any questions throughout the program, as you're listening to the conversation that I have with David, you can go ahead and send those through the, the chat there in the YouTube or over there on Facebook. If you're watching on the G220 radio Facebook page, and uh, we'll do our best to answer some of those questions here tonight. Uh, but let me go ahead and bring on my guest. Uh, this is David Hunter. He is a brother that I, I've met online. We don't live too far away from each other, but we've yet to connect. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to connecting, doing some ministry and getting to fellowship with this brother here. But um, David, welcome to the program. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, since this is your first time here on G220 Radio, brother, why don't you go ahead and uh, share a little bit about yourself, how you came to know the Lord, um, and then after we get your testimony there, we'll get into how you got in, into evangelism and getting out there and, and doing some street evangelism. Uh, we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about some other things here on the program tonight and see where it leads us. Sounds good, yeah. No, so I'm, I'll, I'll try to make a humongous long story <laughs> short with my testimony. Um, so I did not grow up in a religious household. Uh, my dad's side of the family, my dad, they were Catholic. My mom's side uh, no believers. If they did believe it was, yeah, there's something, there's a God or something. And that's about it. But there was no practicing of any religion, nothing in my household. Um, so I don't have that background. I started going to a church, probably about 18 years old. We had some family issues going on. Um, and my aunts, cousins, family, we started going to a church and I'll tell you what, like, I felt good. I felt good about myself. Uh, I was going to church every Sunday, you know, it, you just felt good about yourself. And that was about it. <laughs> then I would leave, you know, on Sunday and do, you know, do my life the rest of the week and then go back on Sunday again. And then I ended up, uh, meeting a girl and started getting out of a church and I eventually got out of it when the pastor said, now guys, you're really skimping on the collection plate. And I thought, man, you know, these churches, all they want is money. They're money hungry churches. Okay. So I'm done with that. Met the girl. Uh, then we end up getting married, go through life together. And eventually she wanted to try to find a church. And I was like, no, I, I believe in God there, you know? Yeah. But nah, I'm, I'm not into that. You know, and all they all want is money. And Finally, you know, she talks me into going to a church. This was like a, so the first church was like a smaller church. Then this next church was like a medium sized church. And we go and, and the pastor starts talking about money and, or actually the first half was, was talking about how, if you need something, you go to God, you ask him, if you need something, go to him, he'll provide. Second half of the message was all about, Hey, we need money for this and this and this and this. I'm thinking, what, what's going on here? You know, second time I go now, they're asking for money. I'm like, nah, I want nothing to do with it. Fast forward a couple years, uh, I end up going through a divorce and uh, she just picked up and left. It was crushing on me, mm -hmm. but that is where the change happened. And I am thankful for it. Uh, and actually, which is interesting is what, it's September, I forget the date today, but, but we're in 2023 yeah, and nice. that happened 10 years ago oh, uh, at the end of August of 2013. Mm -hmm. So actually it's been 10 years now. And she up and left and I didn't know where to turn. 
and people was like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. And everyone's telling me this. I'm thinking, what do you know? And so I turn to the Lord. I turn to scripture. I open it up, but I turn to it selfishly. I hmm. went looking for, hey, I'm going to go to him and he's going to give me what I want. He's going to get me back, you know, my wife. He'll get me back anything I want. You know, I ask him, he'll bring it back. When I started reading scripture, it, I told myself, I'm going to read it from cover to cover. And I'm reading it. For one, you're more confused than I'm, <laughs> when I'm a new believer reading this. And it's when I was reading scripture is when I was convicted. So it was God's word that convicted me. And what really convicted me, there was two things in there. Um, was one about the hypocritical where a lot of people will say, you know, you don't judge me. Judge not lest ye be judged. But they fail to judgment. And when I read that about, hey, why am I trying to take the speck out of this person's eye when I have this log in my own eye? Hey, no, take it out of my eye first and then I can help them. And that hit me like, wow, what a hypocrite I am. Like here I am talking about these people and why aren't they doing this and this and this. And I realized that was me the whole time. And I was like, wow. And then I read, um, you know, where in Matthew, uh, he talks about the evil spirits come out of a man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, an evil spirit comes out of man, goes through every place is seeking rest and doesn't find it. So what does it do? It goes back to the house. It left and it finds the house empty, clean, swept up. So it goes and gets seven other spirits more evil than itself and comes into that man. And I was, I'm thinking this, Scripture's talking about me. He's talking about my life. Because I realized when I first started going to that small church at first, what did I do? I went to church every Sunday. I felt good about myself. Yeah, I cleaned up, but that was it. I was empty on the inside. Mm -hmm. And then it got worse. And then through my marriage, yeah, it was bad. And I, I just, you know, I would swear all the time. It didn't matter. It was just, it was about me and, you know, my selfishness and trying to get my way on everything. And it got bad. And reading that, I'm thinking, wow. That was me. I didn't fill it with anything. But we have to fill it with his word. And then just continue reading it, realizing how much of a sinner I am with, you know, again, the law, you know, the lying, stealing. I'm thinking yeah, everyone does that, but I've never murdered anybody. That's a big one. It, 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 I think a lot of people will say that. And that was me thinking, I'm still a good person. Realizing I am not this good person. I think I am. And I had, a, I surrendered to the Lord and, uh, you know, and that was 10 years ago and it's been an amazing ride ever since. And one thing I've learned too, through this, when surrendering to him, like I know some people where it's almost like they surrendered and it was like everything changed, like everything about him just instantly changed. For me, it's, it's been like a struggle with my flesh where every time I feel like, Lord, I surrender everything to you. Then he'll tell me, ah, nope, this area in your life, you didn't surrender this area of your life you didn't surrender um so it's been a process but it's been an amazing process in an amazing ride and uh that's kind of like the short very very short version of my testimony of coming to the lord you know 10 years ago uh and then i did end up going to another church a bigger church which which i'll share this story too hopefully if it gets too long let me know but uh um my friends invite me to this other church and it was around christmas time yeah um what was it no it was around um in the march time they had this like special event things going on and they kept telling me um they're dave you should come come here this is great david they don't ever talk about money <laughs> i'm like because they knew they knew I was, right right i'm like i don't know i don't want to go 
but they had three young little kids and they're all like, go with us, go with us. I'm like, how do you say no to these kids? So I'm like, okay, I'll go. So I met them at their house the next morning on Sunday. We went there, we walk in, you know, it, and this is a big place. And the pastor gets up there, starts speaking. He's like, hey guys, um, I got a special guest for you. Uh, my sister's back from Africa on a mission trip. She's going to be talking to you. So she, she starts talking. And there's a big, huge thing behind them on the screen. And we got these little pamphlets. And it goes, what's your give? How much are you going to pledge for like these mission trips? And I'm thinking, they're talking about money. <laughs> and I look at my friends, you know, and when we left there, they just looked at me and were like, we so Yeah, that was 2015. So, and I kept wanting to do it on my own. So, and then that happened. I, and that kind of confirmed my thing. Nah, churches are all about money. That's it. But I remember it was that summer I was reading a book uh, called I Will, and it, it convicted me because it kept talking about how most people. They're trying to find a church, find something. What can it do for me? What can God do for me? What can they do for me? And he's like, that's, you can't do that. You got to go to church. What can I do for God? What can I do for my church family? What can I do for my community? And it totally, I'm thinking, man, it's, he's right. You know, here I am being selfish. What's it going to do for me? So mm -hmm. I, I felt convicted. No, I got to, I got to find a church. And uh, which is interesting is I started researching some local churches around my area and I'm, I'm a shy dude. Uh, I always say I'm introverted. And so I, I'm not going to just walk into some place on a Sunday, you know, a church and, and, and go. So I started emailing all these different churches around the area. Not one of them ever responded back, which I thought was extremely strange. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's me. <laughs> I don't know. So come December of 2015, my friends with three young kids again, they invited me back. They're like, hey, David, I, I know it happened before, but uh, do you want to go? And this was Christmas time. And I was like, I felt urged, like I have to connect in a church. So I was like, okay, I'll go. And I started going there. And then I've been connected ever since with a church. Um, so it's, it's been a ride. And that was 2015. But yeah. it's been it's been an amazing ride, and you know you just meet amazing people along the road, and you get to see what God does for you, things that you think you don't have the skill, or or it's not me, and he turns around and no, it's it's about like the Lord saying it's about me, not about you, David. It's like oh okay, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. I think it's 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 funny um, how that tends to happen, right? Where you you invite somebody to come to church and in your conversations with an individual, they're like, Oh man, church is all about money. They always ask about money. And then you're, you're maybe you're even going through a series where you're like, Oh, they're not even going to bring up money. And then they do. And you're sitting there like, Oh no, <laughs> as the one who invited, I'm sure your friends were sitting there like, Oh man, this is bad. <laughs> we yeah. told them they weren't going to talk about money and yeah. here they're talking about money. Yeah. We um, walked out of there. They just looked at me like, David, we are so sorry. This is, this is not normal. <laughs> I'm like, I will never go there again. <laughs> yeah. And I was it, wrong, it, it is, um, it is, it is interesting. And, and obviously um, there are some churches who abuse it and just talk about money yeah. all the time. They just want you to give and give and give. But we also hopefully um, as we grow and mature in the Lord, we know that um, 
things cost money. So a church yeah, to be absolutely. able to provide for their building that they're meeting at, provide for missionaries that they're uh, um, supporting on the field um, and maybe other programs that they're using as outreaches, buying tracks and, and supporting local evangelists, whatever it may be yeah. that that money that comes in is, is for those reasons. And, uh, but a lot of times as unbelievers, uh, or even believers who, you know, maybe new believers who's just starting to grow, they look at that and think, man, this is all they ever ask about, you know? And, um, yeah. and so and I learned too, going on that, like looking back, I, I realized it was actually, it was me the whole time, mm. you know, about the money issue because <clears throat> I, you kind of broke up there. I was, oh, sorry. Yeah, go um, ahead. Say again. You said it was about you, and then that's when you kind of broke up. And when I saw it was about me, is because like scripture says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. But like people will say the love of, or people will just say money is the root of evil. It's like, well, no, you forgot the love of. And I was a lover right. of that. I was like, so every time I heard about money, someone wants it, I'm thinking, oh, you're wrong. It was me the whole time, not yeah. realizing it until after the fact. Yeah. 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 Another thing you, you had mentioned, and I think, um, it does happen in in quite a bit of uh, conversations that I've had with people, many of which who have walked away from the faith altogether, uh, but they uh, come to faith because they're experiencing a struggle. Like you said, you were going through this divorce, and so you turn looking for God to fix your problems. And there, you often find um, that tends to be the case in in many many of people's lives. They're they're struggling. Maybe they had a loss of a loved one or loss of one, not um, through death, but through separation, a divorce. Um, and so then they're turning to God thinking, well, if I just go and, and ask God and I go to church now, he's going to fix all these things and, and, and get my life straight. Um, but in those things, and he may, he may um, save a, an individual's marriage um, and, and give them comfort in the loss of, of, a, of a loved one through death. But ultimately, it's not a guarantee that those things are going to be like the marriage is going to be fixed, but God's ultimately using these things to mold and shape an individual or even to draw them unto himself. As you said, now that when you look back at this, going through it wasn't an easy thing, but when you look back at it through that divorce, it's what God ended up using to bring you unto himself. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's that's a, a an important thing for people to 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 consider uh, that we don't just turn to God to fix things, but in the midst of of our trials and suffering, if we are genuinely turning to God, He will comfort us mm-hmm. and He will use that to grow us and strengthen our faith in Him. You know, Amen. Yeah, and if you know, and I, I look back on it too. I'm thinking if He would have gave me what I was asking for it would have been more of a disaster. Like I would have, okay, I don't need you anymore. I got what I wanted. Okay. Put you mm-hmm. on the back burner and continue to live my life. And I look at it and things probably would have got worse too. Yeah. If you would have gave me back. Cause I'd be getting back. Yeah. You know, and I think that's with a lot of relationships, you know, you, you okay, you'll come back and then things are good for a little bit and then they get worse again, but then they get even worse than worse. And right. it's just like a vicious cycle. So if he would have, obviously the Lord knows he, he, he knew, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if I give him this, this is what's going to happen. Right. Uh, so what a blessing it, it turned out to be for me. Yeah. 
Now, as we move in and talk about um, how you got fired up and, and encouraged to do some evangelism, something you said is that you're an introvert. I'm sure those watching are probably like, there's no way David's an introvert. Let's look at him, at him talk. He's very comfortable, right? But I myself, as someone who would say I'm more introverted, um, I tend to find other guys who do street evangelism, who preach on the streets, hand out gospel tracts, talk to people. They just go up to a stranger and, and talk to them, tend to be introverted people who just aren't <laughs> naturally, easily outgoing. You know, like... Um, I can get out on the streets and, and my, I've had this conversation with my wife and I can get on a box and I can preach the gospel or I can hand a track to somebody and, and have a conversation. But if you send me, if I go into a new environment, like you're visiting a church, it's not easy for me to just now, obviously um, there's kindred spirits and, and that happens, but just to go and start talking to people, you go to a family function where you don't really know everybody in the family or, or friends that are involved. And you're just like sitting there like, if somebody comes over and starts talking to me about theology, I can just go all night, but I don't know what else to talk about with these, <laughs> these individuals. Um, but it yeah. tends to be like that being introverted, but yet by the grace of God, he gives us this boldness and encouragement to go and share the good news. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I've always been a homebody. My, my life was like, even during school, you know, I would go to school, come home. That's about it. I stay home or I go to the park. Um, I, I do love the parks. I love nature, but, but that's it. Like large crowds, fairs. My mom loves fairs, uh, and, and crowds. She's the extrovert and want to go to the fair. Nope. Nope. I don't want to, I don't want to be around large crowds. And I've even had it even, even during school time with my friends. I remember like in high school, it's kind of embarrassing. Now I look at it where literally they would come over. Let's go fishing. Let's go do this. I'm like, no, I want to stay home. And I would literally go in my room and lock my door so they can't get in to drag me out to go to go out because <laughs> I was yeah. the homebody. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's it, it's amazing, though, what the Lord will do through us to do it. And I think about that, too, a lot where I think we use it as an excuse. Mm. Like, I, I sure would. You know, I'm introverted. It's not my gift. Um, it's not my thing. Right, but clearly, right. Scripture says we need to die to ourselves. We're mm. a new creation. You know, we need to uh, put off our old selves and close ourselves with Christ. And so every time I hear someone say that, it's like, well, no, here, look what Scripture says. We need to die to ourselves. And I get, like, even right before we were starting this podcast, I'm getting nervous. My stomach's starting. I'm like, oh, man, I'm just getting nervous. And it's just my thing. And even my dad, um, he'll always say, David, why always? And my dad's an extrovert, too. Like, he can talk to anybody, just go up. It doesn't matter. Pick up the phone and it's like, wow, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And he's like, Dave, David, why are you nervous about everything? Like, I don't understand. I'm like, I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> yeah, I just get queasy and nervous about everything. But I know I can't, I can say, yep, and not do what I'm called to do. Or I can say, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm scared. But you know what? The Lord has called me to do this. The Lord has called all of us. If we're, <laughs> you know, if we're his child, to go and share the gospel and, and share, uh, so I, I, okay, here's my fear. I want to go do it and we do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it is, it is vitally important. Um, when we look at the, the gifts that are given and evangelist is, is considered a gift that is given to the church. I don't believe everybody is an evangelist. I believe there's a gift of that, but every single individual that is a child of God, that's a Christian a new creation in Christ, as you mentioned, 
has been called to go and share the gospel, uh, to proclaim it, uh, whether that be on the streets uh, through handing out tracts as, as we've done, or, you know, as my wife at times will do when she's at the grocery store or at a Goodwill and she'll give a tract to someone or the cashier, whatever the sphere of life that we are engaging in, we are called to be a witness for Christ. Um, and so it is so important. Psalm 105, one says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Right. Yeah. So to make known his, his deeds, Isaiah uh, 12, four also says, uh, similarly, it says, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, proclaim that his name is exalted. Right. Yeah. And this is Old Testament. The um, I, I, Isaiah here, uh, yeah. we're getting this that we are to make known the name of the Lord, make known his deeds. And what we are seeking to do in evangelism is to proclaim that gospel, that glorious gospel to make not David's name known, not Ricky's name known, but to make the name of the Lord known, to make Christ known, to exalt him and to proclaim him to the world. So, as we're talking about this here, uh, getting into evangelism, what really sparked you and got you fired up to, to be able to get out there? Because as we've talked privately and, and being introverted, as we're talking publicly yeah. here about being introverted, it's not an easy thing to do. No, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. So going to church, I started getting involved because that was like one of the things I, I talked about, you know, I have to serve the church. I have to serve God. Um, so I started getting involved with this church. I started doing, working on the tech team, getting involved, meeting people. And that was really, that helped me get out of my comfort zone and my shell. They're just doing things I'm not normally used to doing, um, praying in, in a group. Like I was at first like, Whoa. Um, uh, but actually I, it, nice thing was I got started praying together, um, with my one friend, Jose, who, uh, we were never supposed to meet like worldly wise, never supposed to meet, but we crossed paths and been doing Bible studies with them. And he started, I remember when we were doing Bible studies, he'd be like, Hey, do you want to pray? And this was like 2014. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, just even between me and him, I'm like, it, it was kind of awkward and weird. But mm -hmm. then I started praying with him and then it goes over into the church and larger groups and being able to pray to get out of our comfort zones. But then just reading scripture as I'm reading it and doing these things, I'm thinking, to myself, I'm being convicted. I have to go out there. Like, like we were supposed to share this. Like, it's clear. Scripture is clear. We need, we can't just sit, you know, inside a wall of a building. I can't lock myself in my bedroom while people are there knocking. No, I have to go out into the world. And, mm -hmm. and so I just kept feeling convicted. And it, it took a while, though, um, feeling that conviction, trying to find people. Because I was, again, being the introverted, I didn't want to go alone. Um, right. so I, I, I just never did. And trying to find people was difficult. I found a couple of friends, um, that went out with me a couple times. Um, we were all nerve, you know, we we're scared, but we did it. Uh, my one friend, you know, was able to pass out these 10 commandment coins. Like she was bold and everything. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. But it was like, never happened again. You right. know, so it's like these one-time deals, but it's so difficult to find people to want to do it. But I kept feeling the urge. And then I started watching videos of one of the things, uh, Ray Comfort, Living mm -hmm. Waters started watching his videos about how he shared and uses the law, you know, the 10 commandments and then talks to these people. And I just kept watching those as well. I'm thinking that's it. Like to me, it made sense like right. to talk to people sharing. It made sense. 
but I still never did anything with that. Like it was, it was just building all this knowledge in my brain, but that was about it. Um, eventually it was, and then a couple years later pass, still have that urge. And, and I know I'm sitting cause I'm not doing what he's telling me to do. And it was uh, 2000, I believe 19 when I bought some gospel tracks and I bought like these million dollar bill ones. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh, I could pick these up. Um, and they just sit there because I get nervous. I always, I put something in my pocket thing. I'm going to do this. Didn't do it. Uh, so the very first time I ever passed out gospel track was I was invited on New Year's Eve, 2000, I believe it was 19 or 18, one of those years. And I was invited out to the casino and I'm not a gambler, uh, but I thought, okay, it was family. Yeah, I could take $20. It's entertainment. And I thought, wait, if I go to the casino, what better way? I have these million dollar tracks. I could just pass these out here. Like, how great would that be? Here's, they're all talking about money. Here's a million dollar bill of track. And we get there, and my heart's pounding. <laughs> I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And, you know, put in the, my quarter or whatever. And I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, I should give one to that person or give one to that person. And the fear just kept overcoming me. And I'm like, oh, I can't. And then the doubt started kicking in, thinking, mm. I'm in a casino with money. There's all the security. Someone's going to get this. Hey, he's passing fake money. And then they're all going to come to me. What are you doing? And so this fear just overcame me. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. Then I'm just I'm just dead in my tracks. Like, now what do I do? Um, we had dinner there. And then we were leaving. I'm thinking, David, you have to give this track to somebody. You have to. And we're walking towards that door. We get out the door. We're outside the building. I'm like, David, you have to give someone a track. And as we're walking down the aisle, going to our car, some guy is walking in by himself down the aisle. And I have this in my coat pocket. I unzip it and I pull it out. I'm like, hey, here, here's your first million, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I give it to him. And he takes it and he's like, what's this? Some church beep, you know, and I'm like, what did you just say? And I didn't look back. I just kept on <laughs> just going. Just kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous. I was like, I can't believe you said that. And my aunt said, she turned around. She says, well, he didn't throw it on the ground. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's good. And I just kept on going. Don't know whatever happened to that. So that was, I, and afterwards I was talking to the Lord. I'm like, man, what, what, is, like, is this some kind of joke? Like, I want to do this. The first one I ever do this, here's this guy, this some church, you know, I'm like, wow. So that was my first experience ever passing it out. It was heart pumping. <laughs> it was, it was intense. Yeah. I, I find it interesting too, right? Um, because here you are going out with your family. And this is in your mind before you go, I'm going to take this. I'm going to hand this track out. I don't know how many you had on you or, or your intention was just, I'm going to get this one out, but you didn't have any rest all night. Now, theologically, I don't know where you are or where some, maybe somebody that's watching is, I don't believe that God speaks to us through an audible voice or, or, you know, I think he speaks to us through his scripture, I believe. And, but yet he still at times doesn't give us rest. You were at, you wasn't at rest that you was at, you was uneasy, right? Yeah. Where all night I got to hand this tract out yeah. and it was just there on your mind. Um, and brother, I can relate. I understand there are times where, um, as we've talked privately in the past, where, uh, you try to talk yourself out of going somewhere, especially yeah. if you're by yourself or if there's nobody else, maybe you do have others with you family, but they're not going to hand out tracks. They're just going to enjoy maybe the game or, or you said you was at the casino or wherever it may be. And you're like, I really want to hand this to somebody, Yeah. but the, the fear can overtake you. 
Oh yeah. Right. And, and, and I think that's why it's important for us to recognize that the Bible says that there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. That's easy. We can get into a physical confrontation. We may win, we may lose, but that's easy. The spiritual battle that's going on that is trying to prevent you and and overcome you with this fear and anxiety uh, in this is to stop you from handing the track to that person. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be a joy uh, and, and maybe you don't even remember what this guy's face looked like, but wouldn't it be a joy if you met this guy in heaven and he said, Hey, David, you gave me a track that night as I was going into the casino. <laughs> what, a, what a joy <laughs> that would amazing. be, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. But we never know what God is going to do with it. And so uh, that fear that overcomes us, that anxiety. Uh, but when you work through that, even after you left, knowing that fear, I mean, how did you feel about actually being able to give it away? Yeah, after after the fact, it's like, oh, I can breathe. Like yeah. literally, you can't breathe. Like you said, you know, you're you're uneasy. You just can't breathe until I gave it away. Even though what he said, and I'm thinking, you know, oh, thank you would have been nice or something, you know, yeah. like. But but that, what he said, I'm just like, whoa. But after the fact, I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. And for me, I'm just like, I did it, I did it. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I could breathe. And then I'm thinking, well, it wasn't too bad. And I kept thinking, I gotta do this more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So from there, yeah. go ahead and lead us into to to more of how you've got yeah. so, you know going more. So so there, um, I ended up getting um, again from Ray Comfort. He has these things where it's, it's give away money, and I will even show it um, like a gift for you. Mm. And Ray, like watching him, he had these tracks. He's like, oh, I just hand these out to people. He puts dollar bills in, like crisp dollar bills, and. So I got these things. I thought, okay, that'd be cool. But I'm thinking, you know, it's a dollar. And then I could maybe give a little bit more. But then I'm thinking, I ended up on a $2 bill to put in there. So I, I hand these out um, for people, a gift for you. It's got the $2 bill. I put my card in there in case everyone, anyone ever wanted to reach out with a $2 bill for two reasons. One reason is I look at that $2 bill. It also it's to unique. Me, it means yeah, it's unique. People put more value on it. It's like, I just go to the bank and get these. Or there's some, you can call up your bank. Hey, you have any bills? No, call the next one. Oh, you do? Great. Go get their $2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People think they have more value to them. They'll hold on to it. I also, I look at the $2 bill and on the back of it, it's the signing of the Declaration of Independence. So I wrote just, just like a little article, a little blog where to me, I look at that and they're signing the Declaration of Independence from Britain's rule. Hey, we're, we're, we're declaring our freedom from you. Mm-hmm. And I look at that. I'm thinking, that's what Jesus does for us. Yeah. When we surrender to him, he declares our freedom from the sin and from mm. death. So Amen. I Amen. like the $2 bill for that. And then I also like using it because I was a lover of money. And the money, I wanted to hold it on for myself. No, it's my money. I want to hold it on. So now I, I look at that. I'm thinking, I want to give it away because I was such a lover of money. Time to give it away. So I got those. Um, started giving these out to people. Like basically if I'm shopping, it could be at the, a gas station or maybe a lot of times I don't, if they're not looking away, I will look, if there's like a, you cross paths or if it's a smile or hi, or you bump into somebody, Oh, Hey, Oh no, no, excuse me. Sorry. No. Oh, Hey, by the way, I got a gift for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm the gift. So I started doing that a lot. And that was probably a year or two of just doing that. Just random. I never, went out to events, mm-hmm. never 
you know, planning to go pass out tracks or anything. It was just complete at random. Um, and then fast forward, I got these other tracks I wanted to use, but, but the $2 bill one always stuck with me. Um, and then fast forward, I kept getting the urge, like, right, he, like he, he's out there open or preaching to do these things. And he always has these, uh, the, the Ambassadors Academy. And I remember for... All right, David, you you broke up there for for a second. There, you you had mentioned the Ambassadors Academy, um, and then you kind of you went out. Yeah, so so I, I I found out about the Ambassadors so, Academy. Can you go ahead. Now? Yes. Yeah. Um, of twenty twenty two, and I thought about signing up for it, but then it's expensive. You gotta get the flight, hotel, all these things, and so I kept waiting. I'm saying, okay, it just opened up. Let me see what I should do, because um, they teach you open air preaching. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. that's my wanna start to learn and i waited and waited and waited and then it was full um, and so part of me was like oh a relief okay good and I, I, i'm not obligated i can't i can't do it it's full but it was me holding back mm -hmm. and then finally just the end of the year um they says hey 2023 the ambassadors academy is going to be up again we're going to teach you how to pass out tracks engage in conversation open air preach and I would talk to my cousin, talk to some people, and I just kept feeling, got to do this, got to do it. So I applied for it, and then they have like an exception thing, and then they accepted me into it. And then my heart's racing too because I'm thinking, oh, man, okay, we're going to really do this. And that was probably around February. Yeah, I think it was the end of January, early February. Hey, I'm in. It's going to be uh, in June of 2023. And so I'm getting excited. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting terrified. All the emotions. And... So I thought, okay, that's gonna be the first time I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on that box. I'm gonna do it. Like they don't make you do it, but but you're gonna, you got the opportunity. So then, maybe a month later, uh, my friend Joshua, and I think you know Joshua Richards. Yes. Um, he's an evangelist in Central Ohio, and again, I've never met him. I connected to him through Facebook, and he reached out to me in like the middle of March, saying, "Hey, David, um, I know you, you know, you're trying to do some evangelism and stuff, and." He's like, would you be interested in going? I think it's the it was the uh, NCAA. I don't know much about sports, so forgive mm -hmm. me if that's wrong. Um, the March Madness thing right. in Columbus, and he's like, hey, we're gonna do open air preaching. We're gonna pass out tracks. He's like, you can go and watch. You can pass out tracks. You can try your hand at open air preaching. And I was terrified, and I prayed about it. And I was like, let me get back to you. Um, I'll get back. To you. So I kept praying about it, and I just kept feeling like the nerves, but then it's like, David, go, go, go. And I'm being convicted. So I'm like, so I messaged him. I says, all right, I'm in. So met up with him and a few others. We drove down to Columbus and started passing out tracks. And basically he taught me how to do it. He's like, once you get out, it's, it's so, it's so simple. You just, you know, Hey, here you go. Here you go. Pass out the tracks. And he's open air preaching. A couple of the other guys are open air preaching, taking turns. He's like, Hey, do you want to try it? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> Cause I see all these people, like there were just hundreds and you know, and then there was hundreds at a time, hundreds and hundreds of people just walking to get into the, the stadium. And I'm like, Nope. Finally it starts dying down. Most people are in their stragglers and he's just like, Hey David, uh, now's your chance. You know what? You can get your feet wet. Uh, there's not too many people. And I was like, take a deep breath. I'm like, okay, let's do this. So he set me up with his speaker and then I got to open air preach for the first time in my life. Uh, I think it lasted five minutes, seven minutes, something like that. Um, went through basically like Ray Comforts, but open air. 
going through the Ten Command, you know, up oh, going through uh the, the commandments, going through have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen anything? Just preaching out and then share the gospel with them about like the, being in a courtroom. And once I finished, like I was I got done. It felt like an eternity being there open air preaching. Uh, but it was an amazing experience. There were again, there wasn't too many people passing by. But they were there. Some encouraged me. Some, you know, most people just ignore you. Um, mm -hmm. But got to do it. And then I did it a second time that night because we we ate. We're just hanging out. Um, maybe an hour later, hour and a half, the doors open. Like like. So what happened was, yeah, doors haven't even opened yet. And there was one guy. He was preaching. So Joshua was preaching, and there was one guy. There was like a homeless guy just sitting down, and. Um, He's preaching and he's like, Hey, David, you want to go at it again? He's like, Yeah, there's no one there. There's an audience right there and there's always God as your audience. And I was like, Okay, yeah, there's no one around. He straps this up. I'm about to start. The door is open and all these people just <laughs> flood out. And, and, <laughs> and I just got nervous. I'm like, I think I've lasted maybe four minutes seeing that. Mm -hmm. But then I learned too, though, like with, I felt like I was like Peter walking on water. When you open air preach, when you do the evangelism, it's like walking on water because most people, one, they make up the excuses. They're scared. How about the other disciples? How come they never got out of the boat? Hey, call me out and I'll, I'll come out too. Peter got out of that boat, walked on water. But then I felt like I was just like him because then he noticed the storm around him is when he started to sink. And that was me, open air preaching. I started, when I saw that crowd, I started to sink. <laughs> So I was like, whoa. So, um, yep, I wrapped it up, ended it, and then Joshua took over, and I just went back to passing out tracks. Um, so, but it's, it's an amazing, it's a humbling experience. Yes, so that very. was my first time ever doing it. And I really thought the Bastards Academy was going to be it, but it wasn't. And then I was invited again to um, the Indy 500 in, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, May. Joshua was set up a team. They were going out there. And so I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I went out there for the parade, um, did some open air preaching there. And then even, uh, it's, it's true. You know, it's, it's amazing where Jesus says, you know, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm -hmm. How there was at the indie, at the parade, there's probably about 15, 16 of us. And we set up in different groups, you know, four groups uh, around the parade during the, um, Indy 500, there was only six of us. And there was two here at the center, two here and two here. Um, and then later on, another group showed up with us, um, but just open air preaching. And I was getting nervous because there were so many people. Uh, but he taught me, which was pretty cool. He, he always says, if you get stuck, you don't know what to say, just open up the Bible. Try to have like an area where you know you can just go to or just open up anywhere. Just start reading. Just start reading the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had like, I read John 3, um, went into Ephesians, but then I, I learned quickly with that, with that type of group, they're just walk like they're constantly walking, going into that entrance. They would stop because the police were there directing traffic for the cars. So it's like these people would go, they would stop here. I am reading like John three and then go to Ephesians. Then they start going again. And then I'd repeat myself. So it was literally like every minute and a half, two minutes, I'm literally on repeat them because i was nervous and i was just digging in here so if people were saying anything to me i didn't even know if they mm -hmm. did joshua probably said something stepped up um but it, it's a humbling experience it's yeah. again it's an it's an amazing experience knowing hey you're you're doing you know what we're supposed to do um 
and just lots of lessons in there too. And, and one thing I'll share too with people, there's like the one body, many parts. I also feel goes to the evangelism. All right, David, try to hold that thought there. Cause you're breaking up. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, there's, um, yeah, you, you was breaking up again there. Um, you said um, the body evangelism, many parts. Um, so go ahead from there. Yeah, so like many parts. And I look at that as I learned at the Indy 500 how some people, they'll say, oh, we just got to open air preach or we just got to pass out tracks. But it all works together. And mm -hmm. at the parade is when it really opened up my eyes to it for we're open air preaching. Some of us had signs. We had gospel tracks. Once the parade started, um, our team lead, he decided because there was a speaker announcing what's coming, he's like, hey, I'm not going to open air preach. Like he could have, but then a lot of people would have mad. And he's like, out of respect for that. Well, then what I saw was there was a couple people, um, two younger um, people on like a planter, maybe, you know, two feet high, three feet high next to this building. So they got up there. I'm thinking, hey, so I got up there. You can see over the crowd. You can see the, the you know, the parade going on. I was like, Hey, hand me a sign. So I got, I had a sign and I was basically like this the whole time, just holding it up because I'm looking on the other side. I see all these people sitting down standing and they're taking pictures. And, and I'm thinking this sign could be in their picture and you never know, maybe they'll see it and something mm -hmm. will convict them. Maybe they'll show it to somebody. Hey, look where I was. Look who I saw. And they see this picture and someone just eyes it at glances at it. Um, and you just never know who's going to see. It. And I was encouraged by one of the drivers uh, he pointed at me and just started shaking his head like, yup. You know, and I found out later he was a Christian and, you know, a follower and a big believer. Um, so that was pretty cool. But so no matter what we do, holding up signs, tracks, open air preaching, it all works together. You just don't know how someone's gonna take it or when it's going to be, con you know, convict them and, and, and use it. So that was an amazing experience there. Uh, and then oh, any questions? No, no, I, I think it's, uh, it is, Oftentimes, over the past, there are some who have elevated uh, street preaching above, you know, handing out tracts or, you know, holding a sign. But I do believe there are, within the body, there's need for a lot of it. As you, you was mentioned, yeah. there was one time we were down in Columbus at one of the Ohio State games, and we had a guy with us who didn't do any open-air preaching but he wanted to get up and read some scripture. And we only had two guys that was open air preaching. And so, you know, when you're going for a long time, sometimes you need a little bit of a break. So he wanted to read and we're like, that's great. You could read in between us and that'll give us some time to let our voices, you know, heal. So he started reading and he's like, what should I read? And we're like, read the gospel of John. So he starts reading the gospel of John and he kept his head down the entire time. He didn't look up. He read through the entire book of the gospel of John. He didn't even ask to get down or nothing. So we're like, let him read because it's God's word. It's better than, yeah. than anything we could preach. Right. Um, but it was necessary and, and, and holding signs is necessary. Handing out tracts is necessary. Even people yeah. that are there for support and encouragement and prayer is necessary. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a wonderful thing now, because as we, we talked before the show, the show can go pretty quickly. So we got about 15 minutes left. Now oh, you yeah. had mentioned, you mentioned about the ambassadors Academy, all this stuff's going on. You're, 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 you're signing up because you're going to go do it. Then the Lord brings Joshua Richards around and he gets you and you go out with him and you do some evangelism. 
Um, and now you got the Ambassadors Academy coming up. Tell us about that experience here because this has started before. You, you was going to go to the first one. You kind of waited too long on yourself, kind of yeah. hoping it would fill up, and it did. And now you've signed up. You're accepted. You've done some evangelism, but you're going to the Ambassadors Academy. Uh, tell us about that experience there, brother. So that experience was was absolutely incredible, and it was such a blessing. And so going there, a couple things. One, the fellowship was absolutely incredible. And the friendships I've made there now where they're across the United States who are continue to do this um, has been – that. I don't even know what to say on that one, but that way it's just, you know, you, it was incredible. It's a, the fellowship was absolutely amazing because here you are, like there's maybe a hundred, 150 people there and they, they're all interested in evangelism. They all are. So you're, you're with like-minded people doing this training for a few days. Um, so you can't get it. It's almost, like you can't get that anywhere else. Like, it, so mm. that experience alone was so worth it for me. Um, and I still talk to some of the guys and we continue to encourage each other and pray for each other as we go out. Um, and then just the training that they give to you, um, is, is great. Like a lot of it, I, I, I noticed like, it could be from like, if you watch the videos, if you watch all their videos, do their podcasts, all these things, you'll be like, okay, no, I've heard this before. I've heard this before, but just being there and experiencing it, you, you get a little bit more out of it. Like, I, I love that the one guy, he's like, he was going to, um, teach how to pass out a gospel track and he gets up there he's like okay he's like all right here who wants to come up here you know pretend you're you're just somebody so they come up there he's like here all right we're just gonna cr- i'm gonna be walking they're walking he's like he's going like this he's like here here you go and the guy takes it he's like okay guys that's it that's how you pass out a gospel track and, and he's like he had more he's like but if that was it you guys would be disappointed so i'll talk more about passing out gospel tracks but it literally is that easy just to hand it out um, so I learned that I'm like, oh, he's right. You could just literally, and even now with my experiences of just going, if, if you're nervous or scared, just hold this, take this, hold out your hand. Someone's going to grab it. Yeah. Someone, will. <laughs> you don't even say anything off the look at them. They will grab it. Sometimes too, real quick. If you get the one person to grab it, so you got a couple going by the other, see the person in front, take it. And then they're like, Oh, what did they get? And then they take one. It's like a chain reaction. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, it is. It, I've noticed that too when, when I have groups. And it's almost like people, like if you hand it somebody and they say no, it's another chain reaction. No, yeah. no, no. Right. And then it's almost like you just put it back, just walk a little bit, and then a new person, hey, you want? Okay. And then again, then the chain reaction starts up again. Yep, they are taking them. So that's a great point. Um, so then there, so they taught us how to pass out gospel tracts and how to share the gospel, doing the open air, how to draw the crowd. Mm. And, I've, and that was scary. Um, we went down to Huntington beach and we went to Santa Monica, uh, Huntington beach. I did it. Um, no one was going around. No one was really walking around when I was up to try to draw a crowd. I'm thinking unbelievable. So, uh, uh, John, he was our team lead. He's like, here, you'll role play with me. So he got up there. I got a role play with him, uh, for it. So that was a good experience. And then we went to Santa Monica the next day and that was an amazing experience. Got up on the soapbox, drawing a crowd and we drew a crowd by like, uh, doing trivia, just asking questions. Hey, we got a dollar. Here's money. You know, ask this question. And we're just talking and people will start answering it. No, no, no. So it was pretty cool. Like just drawing this crowd. And then someone like, you got it. Hey, great. Hey, you want to go for more money here? Step up on the soapbox. No, no. Finally, someone did. And his friends are there. They're like, yeah, go do it. So he gets up on the box and we're talking and it was really cool because because going through I went through the Ten Commandments like they they like he trained us to you go through the command go lying stealing blasphemer mm-hmm. 
adult or you ever look with lust? And he's like, yes. He's like, ah, I'm guilty. <laughs> and and uh, after we went through that, I was like, so, so what do you think? When are you going to, you know, <laughs> turn to Jesus? He's like, I think I'm going to do it now. Like, you know, his friends were looking like what? Like, so, so, and then, Hey, can I pray for you? Okay. So then got to pray for him right then and there as well. But his friends are around. He was drawing a crowd. Mm-hmm. That was a totally different experience than the other experiences they had with open air because right. open air is these people have a mission. They are going somewhere here. Mm-hmm. It's, we were stopping the people right. to get them to stop and listen. Um, so it was just an incredible experience. And then seeing the other guys who this is their first time as well to get up there on that box and do it. Um, so I kind of felt like I was like, I had some experience because I did it before, even though it was terrifying. You were the veteran. Guys, yeah. I, I can't remember, even though I did it like twice before. <laughs> um, but this time, and here's these guys, they're, they're into passing out tracks, but never the open air. They mm. got up there and just seeing their boldness come out. And they were terrified. And every single one of us was scared. We were all, all nervous, and but we prayed before they got up there. They did it, and it was amazing. And God mm-hmm. used each and every one of them to do it. And uh, even one of the guys I know, when he went up there for first time, he like in the middle of it, he's like, they would at, they would ask him something. He's like, I don't know, I'm stuck. What do I do? So he turned to John. And one thing we learned too is, and John was teaching us, was um, we're kind of complimentary. So if we're going out mm. two by two. If you don't know something, say, hey, I don't know, but hey, Ricky knows. Here, he can answer that. for. And then you start talking, mm-hmm. and it gives us a little break um, while they're talking to regain, you know, and then get back in there. Um, but it was just an amazing experience. And I know a couple of the guys, too, are motivated, and they go out now. They're almost going yeah. out regularly to open-air preach, which is incredible. I have not. So since then, I have not open-air preached. But a few weeks went by, so I got back around the end of June. And in July, I'm being convicted again. Like, David, you got to do something. Like, there's these events going on. Just go out, pass out tracks, speak to people, talk to people, do something. Not doing it. Until like a month later, so it was towards the end of July, uh, one of my friends from, from church, uh, he was like, hey, let's, let's go out. He's like, I, I, you did this. Uh, let's go out and do this. And he's, he's, he was like me. He's an older guy, uh, but he was like me where – Passing out tracks is just, you know, when we're at the store, we're at the gas station, Mm -hmm. we cross paths, we do that. He's like, I want to make it a point. So I'm like, great, let's do this. So we set up a time. We went to a Medina Square. And I thought there's it always draws people, especially summertime. You know, there's there's restaurants around, there's ice cream, there's um, the big green, and there's um, benches and stuff. So we did it. And the amazing thing was, too, with that, when we started, like you said, everybody can do something. Even if they're Mm -hmm. standing there for support. They can do something. And that opened up my eyes when uh, one of the ladies, Debbie, she's so before I went to the event, I'm at church. This lady comes up to me, David, we are so excited for you for going here. Just wanted to let you know, we've been praying for you to go down to the ambassador's Academy. And I'm thinking, who are you? I don't even know you. And she's coming up to me. I'm like, wow, how cool. So then afterwards, she's like, I want to be involved. I want to be involved with the evangelism. Mm -hmm. So she's like, what I can do is she lived right by the square. So it's kind of our clubhouse, we call it. Mm-hmm. We can go park there. When there's events, it's easy because we go right. parking. Right. Um, and she's like, I want to be there and pray for you guys when you guys go out. So either mm-hmm. she'll be at the bench um, with a couple other ladies um, or at her house and they'll be there. So while we we're, we pray before we go out, they're praying for us while we're out. And then we 
I think a lot of people. No, go ahead. You, you froze up a little bit, but you were talking about she'll pray. They'll pray either at their house or on a bench. Yeah. So, so they pray. So they're a part of it. They're, they're doing something rather than most people when it's like, you want to ask them, Oh, I'm busy. Or they make up excuses why they can't do something. It's like, here she is. And, and she even said, I'm nervous to pass out a track. And I said, you know what? One day I would like to see all of you even all the ladies just come with us at least once pass out tracks just to know what we experience too. And mm -hmm. that fear, um, just to do it. And then, you know, as well, and you have that, and maybe they'll get bold too, to, right. to be able to do that, but they're, they're a part of it, which has been mm -hmm. amazing. So it's been, and we've been going out weekly now, um, to Medina square ever since then weekly. I still haven't opened or preached. I am going down to uh, circleville. There's a pumpkin fest mm -hmm. thing going on in the end of October. So I'm going down with Joshua and, and his team. Uh, and I will do some open air out there, but we've been going out weekly to, to Medina square. I'm trying to look for events that are happening there. It seems like either, We'll go on a Friday or something. Nothing's going on. Okay, that's fine. But there's people around and we can right. have a little conversation. Some people don't want nothing to do with it. Some people you can engage a little bit or just tracks out. Mm -hmm. um, other times we go, I know, never know. Hey, there's an event going on. Didn't even know it. Great. Right. And kind of like, I think it was two weeks ago, they're doing some kind of event. They had different stations with groups of people. And it was, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, oh, I want to get them. So I go over to them, try to pass out tracks and people, no, no, no. And the next, okay, I'll take it. Okay, okay, I'll take it, take it, take it, take it. You just never know what it's going to lead to. Um, and then there's the fall fest. Like I was just mm -hmm. telling you about, um, they had that. So that draws a ton of people. They had, um, a fair on the square where they have all these craft people a few weeks ago, back in August went there. We, and we engaged in conversation, had some gospel conversations and, and tracks went out. Um, and it's just been amazing experience, but every time we go, even though now it's getting routine, we're still nervous. <laughs> like I, I know Warner's that goes Dave. We all still get that little queasiness in us when we go out, but you just got to set it aside. Hey, the Lord's called us to. And one thing I thought about too, is so far it's never like rained or anything. When I've planned this, we just pick a day and, you know, pray the weather's going to be nice. Mm -hmm. But I thought I uh, already talked to them and says, even if we plan this and then it rains, let's still go out. We can get umbrellas. Mm -hmm. We'll go out. Because the way I'm looking at it is either A, you never know who's going to be out there. Even if there's no one out there, you're being obedient to the Lord because he tells you to go and do this. So we're going to go and do it. If there's no one there, you're being obedient to him. Yeah. So it's no, an amazing experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that people miss out on um, when they're not being uh, intentional about evangelism and again, whether that's going out on the streets, doing open air, handing out tracks, or just when they go to the grocery store or in their conversation with their neighbors, uh, when they're not intentional about it, some of the things that they miss out on is what the Lord does in us. Mm -hmm. We was kind of talking about this before the program as well as God uses it. One, it's the means by which he brings the unregenerate to faith. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. How will they hear unless there's a preacher that is sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, right? And he's called us to go into all of creation and to proclaim this glorious gospel message, right? And while that's the means by which God uses to draw men unto himself, it is also a means by which God uses to sanctify and strengthen and encourage his children in their faith, to yeah. increase your faith, uh, to to build upon your faith, uh, to encourage you, 
And it also brings about growth spiritually because I don't know how many times I've had conversations, whether I'm at a college campus or with cults on the street that I'm engaging with, where they challenge me on something that I'm not as familiar with in the scriptures and I have to go back and study. Somebody asks you a question, you're not 100% familiar, you go back and study. So you grow biblically. You also grow, I believe, in your compassion for the lost. Because now when you go out and hand a gospel tract to, to, to Tom and, and to Jane and to, to, to Jerry, right? Now you go home and you pray for Tom, Jane, and Jerry. And now you're, you're, you're remembering these individuals that you've given gospel tracts to. You're praying for them and your prayer life increases the more you're intentional about evangelism. So it, it does that. And it also, if you are able to go out with a group of individuals, it builds in your fellowship, your love for one another, yeah. your camaraderie with one another. It gives encouragement to one another. Because again, it is scary and hard to go on your own. But that is things in which when you are being intentional about your evangelism that God is doing in you. Uh, and so it's it's so, so important to be intentional. And again, that does yeah. not mean everyone's going to be an open air preacher. Um, but every single believer in Christ is called to be a witness for Christ. And so I hope that this show, if nothing else, has encouraged you. Because if two introverted guys like uh, Dave and myself here uh, can go out and share the gospel, anybody can do it because there's nothing special about us. But we have a special yeah. God who is gracious to save. He is mighty to save. And his gospel says that he died, buried, and rose again for the sinner. And we want to see sinners come to faith. And so we go and share that. Now, Dave, uh, we are to the end of the program, but I want to give you a little bit of time here. Any last thoughts, words that you would like to share with the the those who are watching? Um, go ahead and take take a few minutes and and, yeah. and share that now. I want to say, go off something that you said. How when, for one, iron sharpens iron. Like when you're talking about that, it's so true. When we're going out, it does sharpen iron, and, and we get stronger and get encouraged. Um, but you said, you mentioned about how when you're talking to these other religions or people and they say something you don't know, you go back and study it and learn. And I think that's excellent. And But, but then I know part of me, even before going out, I'm the type of person who was like, you know, I need to study up on how do I do evangelism. So get all these books. I read. I, I watch these videos. And it was funny. I was reading this uh, this marketing newsletter, and it, it – it, and actually, I actually have it here. I want to share with you. It says an overwhelming majority of people are far more willing to consume than they are to actually do things. And I thought about that with evangelism. Like you says, you, you go back and you study these things, but you then go back out and take action with that. I feel like with me, and I've used this excuse before, is, oh, I, I need to study up. I don't know enough to go do it. And so me, I want to encourage everyone who, who who's watching and listening just go and do it. Like, yeah, study up, but go and do it. Don't wait until you know everything because you're never going to know everything. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to get questions that are going to trip you up. You're not going to know what to say. And as I was telling you earlier, um, just an experience with this last um, uh, 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 fall fest at Medina on Saturday, where I was talking to a lady, I asked her about, hey, are you good enough to go to heaven? Gave her a track. And she's She's like, oh, I'll be there. I'm like, oh, why do you think you're going? And, and she says, oh, because my daughter's there. And here's this young lady, probably in late 20s, early 30s. Her daughter's there going to heaven. And I, I was I was stuck. I was like, 
like deer in headlights. What do I do? What do I say? And I, I, I am so sorry. And I turned it around and just went back into the gospel and started going through that with her. Um, so that couldn't stop me, but so I'm getting to the point of where, yes, you know, these things are going to happen to us and we just learn from, it. and now I realize, Hey, I, I needed more compassion. One thing they did teach us at the ambassadors Academy was that compassion. With that transition. Um, but again, it was a learning experience. Now I got to take that and go back out there and continue on. So I just want to encourage everybody just to get out there and just start, even if it's a gospel track for your first time, um, go up, just hand it to somebody or even say, Hey, here's a gift for you. Just get out there, start doing that and then lead into more, um, and go from there. And then continue prayer. Prayer is so important too, before you go out. Cause like you said earlier, you right. know, it's a spiritual battle and it is. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Well, David, I want to thank you again for coming on the program, brother. I'm looking forward thank to you. getting together with you uh, and doing some evangelism, whether that be in Medina or something else we can put together uh, and just getting yeah, together absolutely. with you and fellowshipping. Uh, it would be great to do that as well. Um, this, has been, this has been G220 Radio for tonight. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at g220radio at gmail.com. Again, that is g220radio at gmail.com. We will be back next week talking about post-millennialism. So you're going to want to tune in. We're going to have Pastor Edwin Ramirez on the program, and we're going to talk about that uh, view of eschatology. And so that'll be next week on the program. Until then, this has been G220 Radio. God bless and good night.